This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Tracker. Make losing things a thing of the past. Pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything, and find its precise location with the tap of a button. Go to thetracker.com right now and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN to get 30% off your entire order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Dingleberries, dingleberries, welcome my dingleberry friends to the podcast. My name is Matt, this is the Bad Christian Podcast again, but you already knew that. Uh, let me do a little explaining about the episode today. This one is a fun one, there's a bunch of unique stuff in it, um, but it requires just a little bit of explanation. We have Zach Bolin in studio today, which is very special, so he came in to sit down and talk to us and play some songs live, and we did some video of it, so you can probably find the video of it out there. We'll release some of that later. If you haven't already seen it, we did it live. Uh, thank you to some support and BC Club people and new technology we're playing with. Um, so Zach sits down, but Joey, as you know, is on a sabbatical, so Joey didn't make it to the interview portion of today's show, but he's on the, you know, the beginning and the end part like that. Also... We announced a new band this week, House of Heroes, that we're putting out their record. It's amazing, and we're going to premiere a song from their new album in this episode today. Now, I believe I referenced in the episode that the pre-order is live now, but I don't think it actually is until Monday. So you'll just have to listen to the song and anticipate that pre-order being open on Monday. I hope you like that and the Zach Bowen stuff, too. Uh, Also, Emory Acoustic is still rocking and rolling. It's over half sold out. Now, uh, both Portland and Seattle, that's April 29th in Portland and the 30th, which is a Saturday in Seattle. And I'll tell you what, you know how people say on tickets, oh, they're going fast, they're going to be sold out soon. But, you know, that just sounds like something people say to create urgency. I'll tell you exactly how many tickets we've sold. 49 for Portland and, I'm sorry, 44 for Portland and 49 for Seattle. So they're basically at half sold out. And they will sell all the way out. That's, this is early on. I haven't even promoted it too much or put it on Facebook. But once, I anticipate they'll move really quickly. And I do think you should get them or else uh, you won't. Some people won't get in. That's just the way it goes. But that's emoryacoustic.com. Oh, yeah. One more thing I want to tell you about. We have Perry Noble on the show next week. Stay tuned. It's a really, really cool interview. We got into some really good stuff and even, even had some drama on whether or not we were going to air the episode. And so, turns out, we got full clearance from New Spring and Perry and everybody to air the thing in full, which is great news. So, got a ton of respect for that guy, especially now, for real. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. That's going to be a good one. Okay, episode, hit it. Hey, Joey, do you know what episode it is? And I said, three, two, one, hit it. It's the Bad Christian Podcast, 181. Let me tell you about the Bad Christian Podcast. You got to now see with the video in the HD and the video. I looked up and Toby looked like he had those fake glasses on with the big... Toby, are you making fun eyes. of my glasses? No, how your expression. Yeah, Toby's got that little extra. It probably juice. had something to do with your two centimeter, <laughs> your three centimeter thick glasses, but mostly it was how big. You- <laughs> Hurts my feelings when you make fun of me. We went. We're going live on this one, and just for a small stru- just be group happy of people to test the group and see how the stream looks if we do it live. So if you're listening to this now, you're not seeing it live. But Toby's got the extra visual juice. He's going to act a fool because he knows people can. A few people can see. Him right now. <laughs> a few people can see. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. God. 
You know why I'm jacked up? Because of this. Because of what? I am drinking creatine. Oh, creatine. Wow. That's probably very nasty. I tried nasty. to go into it. Now, here's the thing. It is nasty. It tastes so bad. Like, I, people said that, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad the first time I drank it. And then now, but it is awful, and I just really don't like what it. What are you trying to do, get muscle mass? Yeah, so creatine apparently has lots of benefits, but it actually does store water somehow. Like, I think when you do, especially the ketogenic diet, you... Uh, I forget what it's called, Matt. You might know, but like you lose a lot of the water weight because your body's been storing water. And when right. you do ketogenic diet, well, creatine also help, help, actually helps you to store water um, as it's helping you recover. It's a recovery tool, mm-hmm. and it makes your body, you know, puffier and like the muscles and stuff. Well, which I mean, what's you, what are you trying to do? Have more muscle? Be stronger? I want, yeah, I want to get stronger, and I want to recover faster. I think being a forty-year-old man who's basically on his last few years you are. of life that I want to try and get more muscles. And so I'm frustrated because I feel like I've kind of stalled a little bit and don't have muscles. So a lot of people say the benefits of creatine, not only muscles, but a lot has been shown lately that it helps potentially with your brain, like Alzheimer's maybe prevention and all that. Yeah, I desperately need that shit. You're probably uh, more concerned with how you look, though. So would you take being 10% stronger to have a 20 more percent of apparent muscle mass? 20% 20% less weight you could lift, but you would look 20% larger muscles, yes. more defined. I don't know. Huh, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I really do like being stronger, but you're saying I would look 20% better? Right. Yeah, I'd have to choose that at this, at this stage. You, ha- you have to admit it's visual, because that's one thing I never understand about it is, like, I'm already a grown man, and I, there's nothing that I encounter. Man. There's nothing that I encounter that I wish I had more strength for. I mean, sometimes I'm lifting something, but... I don't think I don't ever think, man. I wish I was stronger in this case. See, this is that's this, true. This you, is where I'm. I'm weird. I'm so time regimented and want to be so productive. I seriously think, all right. So I I do push ups regularly. I jog regularly because I want to stay in shape and be around this earth long enough. But I, I mean, that's just not true. Go ahead. Okay, but if I have a decision to like look really muscular and then know that as I get older, it's just all going to fade and then I'm going to die. Like, I'm just like, ah, eh, that's not well worth my time. Like, that's seriously how my mind works. I'm just like, are you I, kidding right now? I'm not kidding. Like, so I think. But I mean, you could get in shape now. I mean, you're going to get older. I care I'm, about being in shape. I, but I'm saying as far as the looks are concerned. So in other words, getting in shape, you, I can do that by stretching, doing some pushups and jogging. Getting muscular and getting real good looking, that requires some time, That's just man. your Going to the weight room and Joey. stuff. You just think to me, it's all going to be laid to waste and we're all going to be in heaven. So what's the point? Yeah, Joey <laughs> goes, it's going to be burned up no, quickly in I, I eternity. I would say so. in 20 years, it wouldn't matter as uh, that I was this stocky, crazy, buff kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, I will. Have you, I mean, have you seen 65-year-old guys like Mark Sisson who are jacked? Well, I think he's 63 years old. He's just jacked and ripped. Yeah, he, that's he looks steroids. like a 40-year-old. I don't want to take steroids. He doesn't take steroids. Uh, you call him up right now. On the plus yeah. side, people will think it's their stream. Obviously. And also, are steroids even that bad for you, Matt? Have you mm-hmm. have you heard any? Have you seen any documentaries and stuff like how uh, science st- segment steroids aren't as bad as people well, say I've they got are? No like, science segment prepared, but there are certainly people who uh, look at steroids as not that bad. Uh, and and it's it's not. I think there's a lot of stuff that's not really proven that it is exactly what you know gives you cancer and stuff like that. It is, I think it's a little bit more ambiguous than you would have thought in the eighties right. as bad as it was vilified. And of course it has its own medical uses. So I don't have any, I don't have any stats or anything on it, but of course we use steroids. You'd use steroids in a second if the doctor told you to for recovery from something. So it's not 
anything right. crazy like that. It's just a matter of if you've used it. But if you if even if you took natural hormones or HGH or anything and used it too much, you know, if something people say is there's no such thing as a biological free ride. Like there's no tricks. Yeah. So for instance, you'd say the same about NutraSweet. It tastes like sugar. It's great. Mm, that should be a sign that if you overdo that, then probably some, there is probably some consequence. So anything that's making you unnatural is probably going to be a bad idea. But I don't think steroids themselves are near as evil as they have been pr- portrayed, you know, from the time we grew up in. Uh, it's really funny that you bring up uh, sweet artificial sweetener. I was going through my Facebook fa- feed the other day, and uh, it, there was a post on it about the danger, the real danger of uh, a- aspartame. And it just, it said the silent, the secrets and lies of aspartame, whatever. And underneath it, you'll, you'll guess who it's from in a second. It said, Devin, will you finally listen? And it was Megan too, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I did see that. So <laughs> I died laughing. I was like, this is so funny. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like Megan it went was from to a social media to please convince her husband. Yeah. Aspartame and it was on a junk you, website that sells stuff. I, I mean, know it, it, was, it didn't. You know. I, I mean, it's and, one step I mean, different than the emails I've gotten from Devin before about if we all do this and forward this uh, on this day, we'll all get thousand dollar gift certificates. He's done that before. <laughs> oh, Devin is the king of. He'll, I remember for sure he sent. He said if you, if thirty people if you send this to thirty people you'll get a hundred dollar gift certificate to Applebee's. I got that one for him for but, sure. And he says something that like, like, five like years he's ago. a little bit skeptical, but his email goes something like, "Hey, worth a shot." everybody all right so it's my thing so my hope. thing is is I, I just feel like i could i could have more productivity for an hour and a half that's worth more than me just looking really good yeah staying but, in shape is one thing me looking really good i'm like uh, it borders just, into I, vanity joey i agree with you I, I agree with you guys, but I've always been the big guy. I've always been the fat guy. I've always been the fat kid. Now it's your turn, baby. And so now I'm just like, well, here's the thing. I work out a lot. It's not your fault. I enjoy it. Oh, wait a second. It is. I enjoy it. It is my fault. I ate too much (laughs) for sure. I I do blame my eating habits from my parents. My parents said eat anything. Oh, my gosh. And buy the cheapest shit. Dude, did Matt experience that? My parents celebrate. My parents would call my grandparents on the phone when we left McDonald's saying, you'll never, well, actually when we got home, cause we didn't have cell phones, but you'll never guess what Joey ate at McDonald's. He had a McRib, right. he had a Big Mac, and then he ordered six nuggets. Can you, like, I it's know. like good news. Well, well, yeah, look, that's the kind of feedback we have built into our stuff medically. If, if you really think about it, the medical stuff isn't that advanced. Like for instance, when you have a kid, when you have a baby, there's very little tech. I've done, I've said this lots of stuff. There's not much technology really involved in medicine. Like you would think all you do is you have the baby and you come home and can you tell if it's okay or not? And all they do is weigh it. They say, is it eating? Did (laughs) did it gain weight? And that's the only fee in 2016. That's the only feedback you get on. Is your child healthy? And they just say, (laughs) did it eat? Did it gain weight? If not, we got a problem. So if you take that out to its logical end, then of course the five-year-old, the two-year-old, the 10-year-old, that's all your grandma can ask. Did he eat? Is he losing weight? And that's all that is. And the only, only one worse than that. And that's pathetic, but even worse than that is veterinarians because they do, that's all you can almost tell about a pet or an animal is, is there blood in this shit? <laughs> is it shitting? <laughs> is there blood in it? That's about all there is to an animal diagnosis. <laughs> totally. Unless you do some multi-thousand, of course there's more technology, but almost all medicine today is simple, crazy, nothing, no technology at all. They use the the uh, blood pressure thing from 1800. They use a stethoscope from the 1890s. 
that got invented. And then they ask you a bunch of questions and they say, are you healthy? Yes or no. That's what medical care is yeah. for the most part, even when you have a newborn baby in 2016. So kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but they're also the the channel in which sometimes you need to get medicine. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I know. Like, I mean, if you need antibiotics, you, gotta go to, you can't get on your own. All right, but watch yeah. this. We Watch this. They're going to have ultrasounds. And how long will it take when you see that ultrasound thing before it's an attachment in an iPhone app? I mean, it's going to – I know that – I mean, it's really all just about the price and the insurance and the companies and how it's all managed. But the technology, we have a lot more technology. We just don't use it because of how, how much it is to – to do, but we'll have CAT scans hooked to our phone, I imagine, and not too long. Can't be too long. And then who knows? Yeah, I mean, you'll have a, a watch that does everything, I think. I imagine people will really freak out on that, too, because you know how you're a hypochondriac yeah. now. Imagine if you only had to pay $200 and you had a CAT scan and an ultrasound machine. How many people would be like WebD, WebMD uploading the results, scanning their oh, own liver man, every it's night? Gonna, that, that's oh, going to totally. be ridiculous. Oh, it's going to be insane <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, well, speaking of working out, I worked out today. Yeah. And that's why I'm taking my creatine. And something interesting happened. A couple things have been interesting have happened at the gym recently. One is uh, the first one happened today, and it made me think about it, something. But you know how, like, when you're at the urinal, it always seems like if there's no urinals, uh, all urinals are available, whatever yours, the one you're standing at, nobody else, if somebody walks in, they come and just pee right at the one right beside you, right? Mm -hmm. No kind of, way. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. Are you serious? Yeah, like if there's five urinals and I pick one, uh, somebody will come in. If they're all open, somebody will come in and usually just pee right That's beside That's just me. against the rules. You just don't do that. I know. I hate it. It just, it seems like it happens to me all the time. That happens now to me at the gym on like the treadmill or the elliptical. And so today I am on there's the elliptical. There's something about you, bro. I know. It's, it's weird. Today, I'm on the elliptical machine. There's All the ellipticals are completely open, and all the floor mats on the ground below, this is kind of on a little bit of a rise, uh, are open as well. So out of all the floor mats that are before me, a lady comes and starts doing her weird sit-ups right in front of me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to watch her an episode of The Arrow. It's my TV show, The Arrow. And I'm trying to watch it like this. And then there's this woman just doing these weird weight things and all this stuff. And I was like, this is crazy. And I, I mean, she wasn't wearing revealing clothes, but I mean, her butt was there, her boobs are there and all this stuff. And I wasn't, I wasn't lusting after this woman. I wasn't really attracted to her. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just, I was kind of annoyed that she picked, I mean, there's four mats to my right, four, two or three to my left. Anyway, why would you come to the one where I'm looking like this and just be right here? And I just saw her in my eye and I'm trying not to look, I'm trying to watch the arrow, all this stuff. And then, so it made me think <laughs> how long though, like, that woman, I mean, if she'd had more revealing clothes or had been more attractive, my eyes would have probably lingered more for sure. But how long can you look at boobs or butts until it's sin? <laughs> it's like the two-second rule of like, is, there, on is, the there, is there an amount of time, like, you can, could you catch yourself? Even if it's, like, something you wanted to look at, you're like, oh, I'm really attracted to that. Can you look away in a certain amount of time? But, like, does it come... Could it become sin? Because I will say this too, and I'll, I'll probably hopefully not get in trouble with my wife. Two days ago, I'm at the gym on the treadmill, minding my own business, and I promise you, another woman right near me starts doing these crazy <laughs> sit-up things, and I promise you, her shorts were so short that about that much, about an inch or two of her butt cheek was hanging out. And I was just a little bit fascinated, first of all, that somebody would wear that. This woman wasn't unbelievably hot or like a supermodel or anything. I couldn't believe that she was doing that. But then I thought, I went, my mind went back to that. Did I look at, I looked at her butt, cheek, raw skin for a little bit. It was probably at least three, five seconds, maybe. I don't mm -hmm. know. And just 
my idea wasn't, oh, I want that butt. Oh, that butt's so hot. <laughs> Anything like that. I was watching it. So I don't think what I was doing was seeing, but in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have been checking out her butt no matter what. It mm -hmm. was just, if she would have been, uh, had a crazy body, good or bad or whatever you want to say. Uh, I mean, I think I would have looked, if it would have been a guy, I would have totally looked at that. And I wouldn't have felt at all like guilty or anything if I saw if a, a guy's guy butt came cheek up or, to you and he was a wearing balls, a thong bulge or something yeah if a guy came up to you and he's wearing a thong or a speedo and he had part of his you know nutsack hanging out you'd look at it of course <laughs> you, you'd have of to. course you try to get but a picture saying, of it and send it to me I would there, imagine I, I would think though okay if it was somebody you're attracted to and you were looking at it lustfully is there a time limit? Like, can you shut it off before it goes into full-on lust? <laughs> uh, I just so many variables involved. All right, so you look to your right, you see a great butt. You don't All know. Right. You don't even know if it's guy or girl or not. You just go, whoa, that, and you stop right there. That's stopping. I would, I would say, if it's a great butt that you like right away, the first <laughs> look. I mean, you're basically just a human being that's a sexual creature. I think you're there's just no like, but male or female animal that I don't like. <laughs> I think it's interesting in all capacities. Well, yeah, but let's talk <laughs> sexual attraction, though. Okay? Okay. So we're not talking bunny right. butts. Right. We're talking human female butts for Toby Morrell. Big all butts. Right. So you see an attractive butt. Yes. You are a human sexual being. Right. I don't think it's your fault to be like, whoa, that's good. And, but then you turn away. If you look again, in my Christian book, I would say it's a sin. Now, we do it all the time, but that second look, there is no other reason other than I just want to see it again. Now, here's the, the tricky thing. Why is that sin, that you want to see it again? Because you are literally... Because you want to see it again because it's good. Good would mean you're lusting. But I mean, you would easily look at an extra piece of cake when you know you shouldn't have it. You're you not, would not think that's You're sinful. not trying to stick your <laughs> you, penis you just into had the a cake. giant piece of cake. Yeah, but it's ruining your body. You just had a giant piece of cake, and you go, look at that. Okay. Look at that. Hey, no, you're making a good that point. second piece. If you're looking at the cake with the possibility of getting another one, then I would say, yeah, it's probably a sin. You should probably just look away from the cake so, if you think you're going to get another one and, and be gluttonous. So I ride to— We're talking the letter of the law here. I ride past your new house, and I go, holy crap, that thing's awesome. That's amazing. And I take oh, another it look at it, it and go, wow, I want that house for me. That That's the same thing you're saying. Yeah. Like if I covet your house or mm -hmm. lust for your house or whatever, that's the same thing. That's interesting. You say, if you look, can't help it. It's just there. Somebody walked by with the butt. That's the you, same thing okay. as somebody's face. You see a pretty girl, but you know she's look, pretty. If you look back, it's sin. Okay. Now, my question is, that first look, could you just stay there for a while and it's not sin? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, that how long can... Yeah, the whole bouncing your eyes thing? Yeah, don't bounce your eyes because <laughs> that first look it might not be seen. No, 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 that's right. So if, if you go by the second look philosophy, just look for a yeah. long time. <laughs> you just stay staring on it. I think that's what some creepy guys thought. I think that's how they think they're getting out of sin because they just stare at a girl's butt forever. And they well, think I'm not saying you understand what is going on in your brain when you do it. Are you thinking, I, I want to get into that butt? Are you thinking I want to take? Oh the, my word! No. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, here's just, the I situation. Mean, uh, disgusting, Matt. Here's the situation. I mean, so so many different you're things. If you're sick, Matt. If you're stranded on an island with a girl that you're not attracted to, you eventually become attracted to her. So I would say, Toby, what what if Toby is totally enthralled in the fact that this this uh 55 year old woman that I'm not attracted to, not because of her age, she's just not attracted to me, right. but her butt is hanging out. I would look just for the same reason as you, like, I cannot believe she's wearing this. And is she aware of it? Like, this is just unbelievable. Right. 
two minutes of looking at that, you may eventually start to like it. <laughs> right. So the hot I didn't the think girl. of that. That's a great point. I mean, you may just be yeah. like, Ugh. like you start with it. Oh my God, why is she doing okay, that? Okay, but then I you mean, have to make I a whole scale. Kind of see, you know what? <laughs> now that I think about it, holy that's shit. a really insightful Bethany, point that means you have to make a scale out of it though right joey you have to make a scale out of it. if the girl is really hot then you the hotter she is the less time you can look so the uglier they are there's a certain amount of time where it's is off limits well what about toby toby's level of testosterone like i would say in that same situation that that butt's going to become attractive quicker if you are just built full of testosterone like you haven't had sex in a while or you haven't whacked off in a while you're yeah. gonna start thinking that butt's attractive, maybe right away. <laughs> I mean, That's maybe true. like there are many yeah, factors, like Pastor Joey. You're right, very much. So they're really, I mean, it really is like, but it's subjective, I, I, I think. But I do think you're saying something true. You can't really control your eyes from seeing people or <laughs> somebody that's attractive, no matter what. So if you see it, it's the acknowledgement of, I think this is something I might linger here, look away. And if you do that and don't look back, then you're fine. Yeah, but I mean, don't I, you think? I mean, it's still in your brain. Then I, I still think you can't get away from it because here's the thing: you go the bounce your eyes thing. Here's why I think it fails because you go, uh, you're in a room, right? You walk into a room and it's just you and a girl in the elevator, and you see and you think she's super hot, and you check her out. She's standing in front of you, and then the rest of the elevator ride, the only thing you're thinking about in your mind is her and not looking at her <laughs> and, like, and her butt and, and where it is, and don't look at that. <laughs> Stay away from that butt that was so good that you can't look at it again. <laughs> That's the only thing they say. It's not really helping. The number all well, when you bounce your eyes, the only thing you're thinking about is that butt. Yeah, yeah but, but that's so, it. But any anybody, I'm sure people understand from a biblical perspective here. It's not the externalities. Butt buckle. From a buttlical <laughs> point of view, it's not a the externalities that cause the sin in you. I mean, the sin, you are sinful already, so it's not a matter of what you see even so visually. nothing or, I can do. I mean, you, you can be blind. It Matt, matter. you don't know how long I've waited to hear somebody say that. It, <laughs> I can't. It's already, it can't be stopped. That's not what it's I mean. not even me. It's my, not we've said it before. Mean. It's not me. It's my flesh. All you can Girl, do is I'm feed sorry. it. It's already inside I, of you. The condition you're speaking of, all you can do is feed it, my friend. I do what I, I don't want to do. I do think all Christians could stand, though, to recognize just how sexual of beings we are and yeah, not let them necessarily off the hook from a what do I do point of view but right. definitely off the hook from what I just felt and what I just experienced I mean right. do y'all ever resent an attractive woman from the standpoint yeah. of you're minding your own business you're reciting scripture in your head listening to worship music for all anybody knows and this evil creature just <laughs> invades your world and ruins it all yeah Hey, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think they have to be attractive. We should just <laughs> resent women. I think that's the only way Christian men are going to well, get you, out. You of, can you certainly know. understand how you wind up. If the, if those things are true and you're acknowledging them, and it's good to acknowledge them honestly, you can understand how you get to uh, clothed, you know. Right. Uh, what do you call it? You know, Middle Eastern full. Right. What do you call it? I don't know what yeah. you call that. You know, like, they wear Muslim? all those clothes. Yeah, like the Muslim culture. <laughs> right. Yeah, where the whole women no, is covered up. That's why that but is. But notice, notice, I didn't put the. I mean, if I said revealing women, then I would be putting that on the female. I just said attractive. Sure, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you right. could be attractive and be very properly attired, and a, a, a dude you still know, be like this. Part sucks, of the Muslim man. culture, I think, is intriguing that women would be completely covered only for their husbands. I think it's just really crappy that it's just the women. So I, I could see it if the men did it just to honor their wives. Pragmatically, like men, you can understand full, how they got full there. Full I mean, too. Of course, there's the, all the problems with it, and it's not good 
but oh, in right, a pragmatically, sure. you can understand how it, how it got there. But yeah, yeah, oh, of course. And it's how how terrible is it that women can't wear whatever they want to wear just because men might look at them? That's oh, oh yeah, totally. terrible, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, they didn't do anything; they just were born and look, <laughs> looked a certain way. They were, were a female, and men are just going to look at them. And so you don't think there's ever a point where a female says, "Ah, I probably shouldn't wear that uh, that revealing." Some women, yeah, yeah but we'll some leave women that like, up to no, them. I'm going to wear whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Anyway. We got a special treat today. Uh, first of all, Joey's been hinting at it for a while that we have a bunch of stuff for for the BC Club that they're going to be getting music wise. And I realize I haven't done a super good job of updating even you guys sometimes of what BC right. Music is doing. We, and so we I've signed got, Third Eye Blind. Yeah, Third Eye Blind is a surprise <laughs> release. Here we go. Um, we do have some new releases and stuff coming up, so I want to make sure everybody's got it on. You know, everybody's aware of what it is, but. In case you missed it, yesterday, the day before, we put out a press release for our the fact that we've signed a new band, that we're working with a new band who has a record coming out, and the band is called House of Heroes. So yeah. how, and uh so they're they're actually a real band, they're a big band. This is in fact their sixth record. They were on Goatee Records for a long time. They they've toured with Classic Crime. They're nobody that we've ever done shows with before, but their record is awesome. They're hardworking real guys. They already crowdfunded their own record and raised fifty five thousand dollars by themselves already and now are partnering with us to help them, you know, distribute it, get it in stores, market so it, we're and making tell them our podcast give people about half it. of that money to us before they Yeah, can they have sign. to give us ninety five percent of that just to just for us to even think about it. And we own their rights and to, for everything for the all future. So yeah, we will screw them for sure. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, they did good. They've got a whole bunch of stuff going and we're going to listen to a song of theirs even in this very episode. Cause I know y'all haven't even heard it yet. So, or maybe you have, I don't know if, if you've heard it yet, but it's good stuff. And we're going to listen to a song called pioneer. Um, they're, uh, they also have a pre-order. So when you're listening to this, think about it. The pre-order starts April 11th. Uh, and this song is called Pioneer. So I'm going to play it and then I'm going to come back and tell you about the other records we have coming up and other music stuff coming up soon. So, all right, here we go. This is Pioneer. Be free. Oh, 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 oh
Okay, so there you go. New BC music artist, House of Heroes. Pioneer. Good, good, good stuff. You can tell they're hard workers, and you can tell they, hey, they're like perfectionists. I mean, the production, everything just sounds really, really good. I don't think they would like you calling them bubblegum pop. I think pop, rock. I can see where you're coming from, but to me, that's a, that's a compliment. Like, I think ear candy. Like that King's X that you and I rocked out to yeah. in college, mm-hmm. like it's just so fun to listen to, and it's just pretty. Yeah. yeah. Now this band that. has got a Dove Award already, which is hey, I have super- a Dove Award. We got something in common. Well, that was oh, just yeah, you, you solo KJ? though. Like my band doesn't have one or anything. So technically, this will be the first artist that we've had that I think has won a Dove Award, and maybe they were nominated for a Dove Award. Okay, sorry. Well, still, I don't think the rest of us have even been nominated, and maybe. They'll get nominated again, and BC Music will have a Dove Award under our belt. I'll put that on the wall. That'd be Tell me, why didn't you go one. receive your Dove Award? What was it for best hip-hop uh, yeah. metal single? Yeah, with KJ52. Best, I think it was, I don't think it was best Christian single. I think it was something like best hip-hop single or something like that. <laughs> Man, Devin and I went to the Dove Awards one time. You want to talk about? Did you really? Yes. Weird. Oh, we didn't go to the actual awards. We went to the media day before. Mm-hmm. It was the That's weirdest one of the weirdest things I've ever been What'd y'all to. go for if, like, y'all were nominated for no, something? No, no, we were just there for Emory. I think it, this is a long time ago, like, maybe for I'm Only a Man or uh, um, In Shallow Seas. I'm, I'm, not, cool. I'm not sure, but anyway, we were doing promotion. It was so funny because the people there were dressed way crazier than any Grammy Awards or anything. Like, weird, <laughs> weird goofball stuff. Like Christian the, liberation. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> and then, like, we did all these radio interviews nobody knew who we were they had no idea like each like i promise you we were sitting in one <laughs> that's the one kind of bigger christian radio booth and uh the guy goes now listen guys we don't play your songs on a radio so tell people what you sound like and what you do and i was like i said y'all don't play our music i said i would tell people don't listen to it then i said something <laughs> like like if you don't if you're they're not gonna play it here i'm pretty sure you're not gonna like it and, and, and so I was like, oh, okay. That's cool that the interview guy was Krusty the Clown from. <laughs> you know how the, you know how radio guys are, man. Hey, man, coming to you for WXRC. Christ is the only king. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all, y'all ever heard Christian radio DJs? They're just they're Christ is the only king. Something. There's something about those guys. So, well, so well, congratulations on your. Is there any other music stuff yeah, yeah, going we got, on? Any we got good a, stuff. The Zach Boland's pre-order is still going now. And in case you don't understand it, pre-orders are big time for us because yeah. eventually it'll be out. And eventually it'll be streaming, and it'll be this and that, whatever. But right now is a big deal for the artist, especially Zach, who funded his record by himself. Did and uh, this is a good time to try to see if people would want to invest and just help the artist out by buying a digital download. So if you haven't done that with Zach Boland, uh, please go ahead and do that. Also, if you haven't seen Joey interviewing Zach Boland, go YouTube. Yeah, that. go. Where yeah, can they find it? That, that is one of the funniest videos that we've ever done. Wow! Thanks, man. I yep. was really laughing out loud. LOL. <laughs> that was, that's re- you, well, Zach did great, and then you yeah, your interview again was, well. was really good. And then Sherwood's album is coming out in the summer. It looks like maybe in June or so. So that's really good. We just had a listening party for that um, in Portland last this weekend. Just got back from that. So that was really cool. But Sherwood's awesome. So Sherwood is back for real. Got a full album coming out. And then Devin Shelton's work on his album. So Devin will have a full solo album. Um, but he's he's a little bit delayed because we've been I've been using his available time to work for Emory, so he's a little bit behind in the production of his record. But that'll be out even later this year. And super cool is the Emory Acoustic Live. We have Emory Acoustic Live in Houston that is mixed and mastered now, and will be out very shortly as well. So that's a shitload of music coming everybody's way. So if you're in the BC Club, 
you get all those. If you're in, uh, what what is it, Joey? If you're what level? That would be 14 mm-hmm. plus receives the digital downloads. 21 plus will get this, the Physical. hard copy in the mail. Yeah. So yep. anybody that's in the BC Club at the double down level or above will get all of those records if they want them. And that's a big yep. deal. So that's people that choose to pay, let's say, what is that, $14 a month. And we put out how many episodes a month? Let's call, uh, about eight. I think 100. Oh, we put no. out like 10 episodes. So like a dollar twenty. If you pay a dollar twenty five an episode, that's what double down the BC Club <laughs> you is. So. I thought maybe you heard Bad something different than a month. Joking. <laughs> Golly, Joey. Sorry, Dad. I didn't mean to let you down. <laughs> oh, I'm your dad. Can I see your penis? Come that's on, what bud. dads do. <laughs> is that what? <laughs> you tell William and Waylon, like, hey, guys, right now you're kids, but uh, one day you're going to come to me <laughs> and you're going to. That's really funny. Anyway, all right, that's enough. Can we bring on a guest? Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, guys, I want you to imagine the future with me. Close your eyes for a second. Imagine a world where we just have these coin-sized devices that we can put on stuff that's valuable or stuff that we might lose, and then just with a touch of a button, you could track its exact location. Well, guess what? It's not the future. It's today. This I'm talking about. Tracker, that's our sponsor tracker, and an awesome company, an awesome technological advance that really is very, very cool and fun. But basically, let's think about it this way it's going to save you time. It saves me time and gives me some extra security. So, like I told you before, I was going to put one of these things on my dog, and sure enough, I did. And sure enough, the little bastard escaped from our fence in the front yard while I was doing some yard work or something like that. The wife comes out and says, where's the dog? Is he in the house? I don't know. Where is he? Do you see him? I don't know. So, you know, I pop out the smartphone, go to my tracker app, hit the button. Oh, yep. He's down a couple of blocks in a trash can, apparently. And we go get him back to safety. I think about all the time you waste losing your keys and searching for him, your wallet, and the security you would have knowing that your computer bag has a tracker device in it. You'll never lose anything again with Tracker. With over one and a half million devices, they have the largest crowd GPS network in the world. So your items will show up on a map, even if it's miles away. So make losing things a thing of the past. And our listeners to this show get a special discount of 30% off your entire order. If you go to the, spelled T-H-E, tracker.com and enter the promo code BADCHRISTIAN. The hardest thing you'll ever have to find in the rest of your life is that website, and that's T-H-E, thetracker.com. Again, enter the promo code BADCHRISTIAN for 30% off your entire order. Okay, so I've been t- I talk about this a lot because I'm proud of it, that the Emory Acoustic website is something that I put together, and that's emoryacoustic.com, and I used Weebly to do it, but I will confess I did have a designer do the artwork that I put in there. Uh, which is cool. It's like, and we have these really cool posters we're doing for the Emory Acoustic Tour. And I don't know if you've, the tickets are on sale now. If you haven't seen it, you know, we're playing in Seattle and Portland on that. But you should go to this Weebly site just to check it out. Even if you don't live in Seattle or Portland, you should see this site and the artwork that's on there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful website. And I put it together and I didn't use any code. I didn't have to type any HTML. I didn't have to type any CSS or whatever. I could name some more computer languages that I don't know. But I am able to build a website because of Weebly. It's been it's been a really good it's been a really good thing. So Weebly is made for people like me and maybe people like you who have the courage to, and I'm a courageous guy, I really am, to start their own business, to do my own thing, to be my own boss. That's kind of the idea behind this. It's empowering. 
And uh, I think if there's anything you are doing that you wish you had a website for, but maybe you're intimidated to get into it, maybe just go for it. It says you don't have to hire a designer. You don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to pay a bunch of money. It's simple. It's drag and drop. You can quickly build and publish your site too. And you can customize it, update it, and change it anytime you want to. So please join the 30 million other people who have already been dreaming big with Weebly. You can get started for free at weebly.com slash badchristian. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash badchristian. I'm going to give Toby first crack. I've already said, hey to Zach. I'll let Toby, you know, say what's up, Zach. Zach, it is good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you too. <laughs> I haven't seen you in probably three or four years face-to-face, I think. It's Because, I mean, yeah. even when I was in, living in Seattle, we only saw each other very rarely. And it's funny, we were talking about this a little bit before. I think the first time I met you, I totally remember it because it was at this like worship leader retreat that we all went on oh, with yeah. John Dunn and oh, all yeah. the new worship leaders. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember it well. That was yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the time when it was all the, the big shot worship leaders were all in one accord under the Mars Hill umbrella. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was who, exactly. who all was there. John okay, Dunn okay. was the leader of the yeah, BC right. music. I mean, not yep. BC music, the MH music. Yep. Right. And then who was all the worship leaders that were there at the uh, time? Dustin Kinsrew mm-hmm. and Cam yep. Huxford and Chad Gardner. Yeah. And then and Toby and Toby, Zach. Myself. Tim Smith was yep. there. Tim Smith. That's right. Um, who am I forgetting? Donovan. Yeah. Donovan. There. That was awesome. Donovan was cool. Yep. And then there was, oh, the, that, uh, what's the guy that was down in uh, Olympia campus? Uh, he's kind of a little bit bigger guy. Really nice. <laughs> oh, Seth. <laughs> make, Seth. Seth. Really yep. nice. Super musician. Guy. Oh, yeah, man. And then uh, his, the other guy that was out of that we, uh, Snohomish campus, young guy. That, oh, yeah, in Nick. The, uh, yeah, Nick. His name. Nick. Nick. Yeah. That Nick. was a good. That's right. It was crazy well, uh, how I, much I remember, people were there. I remember being there, and I felt so awkward and out of place and alone and i i just I, oh god did i feel alone I was, okay I, did, I never can do good in those things anyway and it just i didn't know what to do and and here i am you know uh everybody's just so pumped and i didn't feel that same way and i'd never done worship music like that before and so i felt completely crazy but i remember meeting you and i was like whoa all right this guy is cool like i actually i, I probably never even told you this i actually Really thought out of, the, out of everybody, I like, I love you and Donovan. Like, like I was like, whoa, the, the, uh, I thought both of y'all were like, oh, okay, there's real people here. And I, <laughs> I, maybe I'm not like the, the, the craziest, dumbest person in the whole world. And I remember this thing. was so awesome. Cause I mean, I remember every, I was so worried people were going to ask me to play like a song oh, or no. anything. And I was just yeah. petrified. And then like, and Kentry was just every other second had his guitar. Yeah. It's probably like a defense mechanism even yeah. for him. I remember he had his guitar constantly just playing songs and doing all this. I was like, man, I'm a terrible guitar player. I'm a, you know, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. All these people are amazing musicians and stuff. And then we, then we walked around and shared our stories and everybody's story was really cool and all that. But that's the first time I remember. And I was just like, whoa, whew. You, you like, you probably, I probably never even told you that. But that was like, I was like, oh, all right, cool, man. There's cool people. Not, not that there wasn't going to yeah. be compared to those there, other stiffs like yeah. Kensrew and Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Ch- Chad and Kentrew definitely have their own personalities and they're talk, but they're not as talkers are comfortable. Like they'll, they'll get on a subject, but going back and forth and being goofy like me, that, that didn't feel that way. That was like your first time you've ever been a forth. worship leader was, that was when you first had been a paid worship leader. Was that at that me, time? Yeah. yeah, That was yeah. the very first time I'd but ever been that. And Zach, Zach you've been doing you were, a long time. You had come from Savannah, right? Yeah. I came from Georgia. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember that 
weekend so well because for whatever reason, your stories, Toby, stick out to me so well. Like the one story about you having some, what was it like you had some friend with like some giant uh, system in his car and you did some like singing competition or something in it. What was it like second best you, sound system in South Carolina or something yeah, yeah, like the, that? The third best sound third system best. in South Carolina. Yeah, and then yeah, you were the, the second right. best singer, weren't you? Wasn't that how it went down or something? Oh, that was the, that was the guy in Australia that I was oh, the, uh, second okay. best or something like that. I'm mixing stories I think that's together. the story you're talking about. Dude, there's some good memories there. So yeah, so when yeah, so, I, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I was saying, so my, when I came there, I actually came from St. Louis because my family and I lived there for a year. But mm-hmm. before that, we lived in Savannah for a long time. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Because you were working at a church in St. Louis, right? Or, or yeah. interning or something? How yeah, long yeah. have you been leading worship? Well, I mean, when I moved to Georgia, I started in, in college, I started helping with like their youth ministry there. Yeah. And then I kept doing it. And it, But I, I never really wanted to work in the church but I kind of did at like after college, yeah. I kind of found myself. It's kind of hard not to when you're good and they need people. It's, you know right. what I mean? It's kind of hard not yeah. to, to do There's that. There's the commodity kind of aspect to it as well. So now that I'm not working in the church, okay, it's kind of interesting. Let, let us ask you this. You don't work at a church anymore. Yeah. How does that feel? Feels great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I wonder. What have you been up to? Yeah, How, did, oh, man. Was it scary? Like you, you leave, leave the church world and then where do you go? I, Okay, so when I resigned from Marcel, I was just feeling really, my wife and I were feeling really like, you know, there was so much stuff going on and we resigned because we felt like we just couldn't stay there in good conscience anymore. And I really felt like it would be wrong for me to just like leave Mars Hill and just go get some job as a worship leader, like use the church to, wrong, to pay my bills. Why? It just felt like I would be kind of just escaping to find something else to pay the bills, to, like not trusting God. Uh-huh. And so we just decided like, let's not do that. Let's just resign and then see what happens. And then from there, I just have taken as many music opportunities as I can. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how this record even came about. Cause I don't think it would have even happened had I not resigned. Cause but, I had a lot of time and, and but you did a lot of these songs you've had for a long time. Like I, the Zach Bolin songs. I've had them, but I haven't played them for anybody. Uh-huh. You know, I've played them for my wife. Uh, that's about it. How long have you, has it been you've been working on these songs? So by day, you're like a worship leader playing sure. Lord, I Lift Your Name on High, for instance. And then Why not? At, yeah. by night, you're writing these really seedy, yeah. you know, subversive songs full of, you know, bad, real bad stuff. Yeah, terrible. By stuff. night. Angst. And, yeah. It's terrible. Um, so when I, uh, I don't, one of the songs I wrote for my wife before we were married, and that was 10 years ago. So, I, I mean, but some of them I've been, like, just kind of, you know, how you sit down with your guitar, you kind of pick up, you have this idea you've been playing for a long time. Some of those I've been messing with for 12 years, and it's just taken me yeah. that long to write yeah. them. That's crazy to think about, because you know, no matter what, your second album will only span a time of months. Yeah, I know. I've, but, you know, I've thought about that. Because you, you have any band's first record, you have this whole time where you're like, for, it's, it's it's somewhere between one and ten years. A lot of times that a band's first album is refined and practiced mm-hmm. and played, and they're a local band. They ditch yeah. this song, they add this song, they work on it forever, and then you put out an album. Now you're an artist, and now you put out a follow up album the following year. Yeah, and most of that year you spend promoting the album that you just put out. Exactly. And so now all of a sudden you for the your people's sophomore album is the one that comes the fastest of probably anything you ever do. It's crazy, and you just yeah. go oh. Now all of a sudden you've taken the longest possible time to make a record. And now 
I'm, I'm trying to put in your head that it's going to be crazy when you go do your second record. <laughs> it's kind of scary right. to think that. Well, because, for instance, there's lyrics on, like, chorus ideas I've been singing for a really long time, and it's just taken me until, like, the past year or two to finally, like, make those choruses, like, connect to something. You know, like, mm-hmm. the, one of the songs, Leave Me Alone, I just sit there and sing Leave Me Alone all the time, and it just sounded like I was really mad and uh-huh. angry. And I couldn't figure out why. And it took me a while to figure out, oh, yeah, this is probably why I would, this is who I might say this to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of glad that I took that much time, but I don't know that I will have that type of freedom to, to, to wait that long in the next one. Well, I've always, the man. thing about it, you, though, to me, though, from my point of view of getting to know you is I, the one of the words I would describe you as is prolific, which I take to mean, I don't really know the dictionary definition, but I, I take that to mean, you do a lot of shit fast. Mm. And so I've seen you do, in the Mars Hill context, take a song that blew me away, like the arrangement of it that you redid or wrote, and then a couple of weeks later, a different version of it that blew me away to the same song mm. with an arrangement with a full band. And you're doing multiple songs a week like that, and I'm thinking, my gosh. So I know it's a little bit different doing church music, but nonetheless, I've, that's one of the things that's always stuck out to me is this guy can just go in a room with no with other musicians, no less, and come out with something that's completely done and arranged. Because arranging is a big deal to me, but I take months to arrange stuff. Mm. I'm slow, and you seem to be able to crank stuff out really, really fast. I wonder, does uh, the church setting or the worship thing, the fact that you have to have new stuff every week, do you think that breeds like a, a you know, being prolific or fast i mean i guess i don't know what it's like for you guys but i feel like writing songs is kind of like a muscle and when i've been writing for a while it's it always just feels like i'm hanging on the same song for four hours or something and nothing happens but when i'm writing a lot definitely happens a little bit more but what's funny about i feel like with this record is that it took me a really long time to write these songs and most of the time i tend to that's probably why you heard so many different arrangements of songs uh-huh. in the churches because I'd get bored with yeah. <laughs> something and just do something else. So it's kind of it's interesting to me that uh, some of these I haven't gotten bored with mm-hmm. twelve years ago, but maybe that's why they're I'm recording them now because somehow they managed to stick around through that process there. But it's weird. I even have this whole like whenever I leave worship, which isn't a lot, and when I've done it, I just have a whole mental category of what I call uh, Zach Boland covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I really like the way you, you've done yeah. stuff like that. But Toby, you feel That's like cool. it's that way? Like with church, you just it doesn't matter. Like you have to get four new songs ready in this rehearsal, and there you go. Well, our church is a little bit different. We just, I mean, we're doing, well, when you say new songs, we're, I mean, we're doing all covers and, you know, <laughs> I guess is what you'd call it. <laughs> yeah, and, right. the, and there's not much room for arrangement these days. So we're basically just taking a song and learning it. You know what I mean? So that, I mean, I'm learning songs, but I wouldn't say I'm doing what Zach's talking about. I I would say I'm a cover band at a <laughs> Why church. don't you just get tracks for that then? Dude. We have them. <laughs> we have those things. We actually do have those. Oh, uh, okay. In well, fact, the other man. night, uh, first Wednesday, they just played a song on, it was like on the radio, like during response time, because the band was just small. And they're like, oh, let's just, you know, I guess, you know, the they just wanted to do that. So we just played a song like off, it, you know, just popped the CD in and just did it. But I mean, I think for where we're at, the, the church we're at too is a lot different. You know, they're super huge into the, uh, we, we play stuff like Bethel and, and Hillsong and yeah. all that stuff. And, and that, I always thought that was one of the coolest things about Mars Hill that pushed me was, Hey, we're going to play hymns and not, you know, it, it'll be 
uh, free. We don't have to pay any like cease. All right. Well, sometimes when you have a live stream, they free. You lose some people. So he was going to say Mars Hill is cool because they did push the boundaries and, and experiment. So yeah, Did y'all catch any of that? Y'all froze. Yeah, no, for a fro- yeah, froze we, we for a second. The, but I think we gist. got we got the gist of it. Yeah. Um, I was curious, what are you doing now, Zach, for church? So we go, my family and I, we go to a church in sort of near downtown Seattle it's, uh, called Grace Church. And we we found ourselves there probably a month or two after I resigned. Is it, Marcel. what, is it got a, uh, is it, is great, is that the Presbyterian Church? Yeah, it's yeah. a Presbyterian Church. It's a ton of, it's a, it kind of is weird. I don't, I think I like it thinking about it this way, but I feel like all the Mars Hill community they're scattered totally everywhere. Yeah. But there's a pockets of, of stuff and that church is one of them. There's a ton yeah, of people there's... that I know that where I was close to that all have like landed and collected there. Yeah. And then at the church I go to, a Seattle church, it's the same way. Like I don't know if I'm not saying it's half of our church, but it's it's a good amount of that's a core part of the identity of the place I yeah. go now. Does it feel that way at your church? Like, oh, these are the people from there. Like, is it is it still like you're tight or you have a fight oh, club yeah. nod when you walk by each other at the new church. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because it, we, my wife and I joke about it because depending on the Sunday, it easily turns into like a Mars Hill kind of mob of yeah. people. It's like just 50 like people still just the close conversations to each other. and hanging. And I think that's actually kind of cool that even though we're not a part of the same organization, if yeah. you will, anymore, we kind of spread out we're all, all these different churches, but we still have these same friendships and, and it's cool to see us building, you know, they just kind of welcomed us in sure. and didn't sort of put any, um, any boundaries on that. Yeah. And that was what, you know, got us there. We felt really loved and cared for and coming out of that. So we've stayed there and it's been really, really amazing. And it's cool. I mean, there are, I, I feel like every week I'm probably seeing somebody who, um, used to be at Mars Hill, maybe hasn't been in church for a while, for, mm-hmm. you know, obvious or maybe not so obvious reasons. I tend to think it's usually Mars Hill related. And then they're showing up there for the first time at Grace. Yeah. So it's that's, a lot that's of people. Cool. We, that's probably a lot of people are podcast audiences. Dan Koch's there. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Matt Johnson that does our uh, yep. publishing division. Chad. And you and Chad Gardner, at least. I mean, that's four bad yeah, Christian there might people be more. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just to that alone. Yeah. Bridget and I visited there, but the thing about it is I thought it was, great however i grew up in a presbyterian church that mm-hmm. was very that had did all the same stuff yeah and my uh i like to joke that i grew up in a non-christian presbyterian church because <laughs> to me it just was like nobody cared gave a shit about it. it's just what we did yeah and so a lot of evangelicals now go to mainline churches or more liturgical stuff where they do these things and recite this stuff yeah and for me like i came from that and then found evangelical stuff and now to go back to that it's just triggers all this weird yeah. Like, this isn't real, but it is real. And so to watch, it's weird to see a bunch of people that grew up evangelical go that way. Yeah. Now. But it just didn't, it didn't feel like the thing for me. And Bridget grew up Catholic, which was kind of the same thing. So, it, you know, but we visited and thought it was great. So I think what you probably experienced too is like maybe the same thing I experienced too. But for whatever reason, we just decided to stay there. And the thing that we kept saying was it was like disrupting us, but in a good way. Because like we had this idea of like, well, why do we, I always like stand up, sing a song, sit down, stand up, confession, sit down. Yeah, the way sing we, a when song. you read stuff together yeah. with no energy, it makes me feel li- yeah. dead and lifeless. Like everybody's reading it. And everybody talks <laughs> like this. And our Father said, just do it like this. Yeah. And I just die that it's yeah. not because it, it so triggers this. Well, it's not real yeah. because everybody's I barely totally just talking right now. 
and it freaks me out so bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing for us. Like, I we've been a part of churches that are usually pretty like the complete opposite yeah. of that. So at first it was a bit jarring, but now we've really grown to to really love it and appreciate it, and it's been really cool. I mean, even for my daughter, like she was baptized a few months ago, and their infant, you know, baptism, infant not baptism, not necessarily yeah. believer baptism, and you know, they just knowing our family and knowing just kind of what we, you know, kind of just our own convictions and stuff. They were like, you know, we, we, we feel like we have more that we're together on than we're apart on. Yeah. So like, we'd rather just honor your family and do this. It was just like the most non-emo, it was the most, um, just simple baptism I've ever been a sure. part of. It was so cool, man. So, I mean, there's so many things that we've really loved about it, but we always joke too when they clap because that never happens. Yeah. So if you hear a clap, you're kind of like, I, I kind of feel like Toby, you might would be attracted to that for your next church adventure. Would be that yeah, because you grew up with Jewish the rural. Now. Oh, you're Jewish now. Yeah, you're really into it. That's cool, man. <laughs> I, I, I could tell. go back. After I could Marcel, tell you're Jewish now. And then I went to Seacoast. I was like, I forget it. So now I'm yeah, I'm just totally I'm gone. But I'm, I'm saying you grew I'm up with the, with the rural South, like evangelical and crazy at that. So for you, it might seem reasonable to find to find the that other way to be good. I mean, I've been saying it for a while. I think a lot of people are going to go back to mainline churches. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a, it, it'll be called like Neo mainline mm. and it'll be something like, <laughs> yeah, where, like no, I'm, I'm serious. Like it'll be something like uh King's Kaleidoscope instrumental music playing while you read that, those things or something. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll add some, some mm-hmm. indie hipster stuff and people go, this is really cool. And it, and that'll be the new style and it'll, it'll attract people a lot. Because, and I, and I do believe one thing for sure, just how much I love college football and stuff. I do think tradition does mean something to people. I just do. As in the like, like the, the tradition, like going to a, a, a school and and like to me, like I always see people like they love wearing their uh, sweat sweatshirt that has Clemson on it or, yeah. or Penn State or whatever and all this stuff. I just think tradition and doing things. We no matter what, everybody is gonna have turkey for thanksgiving and and christmas you're going to do this certain thing and and traditions are just kind of in in us and so i would say i just i see people going back to that and some of that awkwardness you were talking about matt i think probably is also endearing to people too like that's okay like Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to be around people and it's a little awkward you go oh okay but i i get what your point i get your point too like i mean i i definitely when i was younger went to Baptist and Presbyterian churches, even Methodist, and I and I get it. the The danger I I see with mega churches and uh with just the way things are going would be there isn't any tradition. There isn't. It's just they 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 did something, and then the pastor is really vibrant and exciting. But that might not be enough to keep it going after pastor changes once or twice or something like that. Yeah, clearly, I don't know, just throwing it out there. That. So what else have you been doing? Like, how do you make a living and take care of your family? I mean, Seattle, you yeah, know it's expensive in know, Seattle, I'm, don't you? I want to copy you. Did anybody Dude, tell you? Do you have like a free house or something? Yeah, it's expensive. And how do you do we it? Got how four, many kids do you have? We have four kids. Okay. <laughs> you didn't think about leaving Seattle? Uh, you know, my wife really thought about leaving Seattle. Uh, <laughs> so, no, you know, right when I resigned, we thought about leaving. And then, I don't know, we just really feel like God's called us here. We want to be here. And so... We just, every month, like our first couple months was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I get like a phone call from Dan Koch that's like, hey, you, uh, they need kind of like a, a raspy voice for this Dodge Ram commercial. You want to sing on that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I keep getting paid from that. So it's like, you know, stuff like that will happen. But then now, you know. The raspy voice guy. Yeah, I mean, geez. I was a little bit nervous about that. That I was going to have to yarl or something. But 
I didn't have to do that. Um, so there'd be stuff like that. And then just along the way, I just think, you know, when you got to support a family, you just kind of, you just get more inventive. And but it's pretty significant though, because it seems, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but it seems like you're making almost all of your income or all of your income yes. music related. Yeah. So I'll do, so and citizens, for a family of four in Seattle, yeah. a family of five in Seattle, that's mind blowing. I can't do it, dude. Yeah, it's. I'm not doing it. Not even close. <laughs> I got a podcast income, and other all this BC stuff, and my wife works. Yeah. If if that if I didn't have those two, there's zero chance I Dude. could make money even with Emory. There's no way. It's totally. I mean, we. So I citizens. I mean, we travel. We don't even travel that much, but we just try and be really smart when we do travel and do as much as we can in those short times. And then, um, I just over the past few months of started a thing with tooth and nail like a subsidiary label called mm-hmm. gospel song and so that's something that's you're gonna really confuse people with tooth and nail and gospel union and i know bc music you i know, know man it's gonna get wild. but that, you know that really does say something that, that I, like it's been one of my favorite things possible the way that things work out these days where the kind of business that we do is cooperative yeah, as, as opposed to co- competitive like yeah. that's a, a huge deal to me that you you put out music with Tooth and Nail and us and we do stuff with Kings and Tooth and Nail and you and you're doing this new thing which yeah. I want to hear a little bit more yeah. about with Tooth and Nail too and it's just I talk to Tyson and Brandon and Adam all the time we do stuff all the time it's yeah. just like not competitive it's awesome and they yeah. do ads on our show and everything so what is the the new thing you're doing it's called what gospel song and basically I mean essentially we're just kind of bringing back a lot of the Marshall music bands mm-hmm. so we're kind of reestablishing that but then trying to expand beyond just this because the thing about Marcel was you know even a lot of people really loved you know fit into that sort of theological camp but Marcel was a bit polarizing in a lot of ways to say the least and I think that there is just something to me when I look around at a lot of worship music labels they're all pretty denominational Mm -hmm. and I think that that can that should change I think that we should be way more diverse and you know sort of I, and this is, I mean, honest, like we'll show up and we'll do something with citizens at, you know, with a Methodist church or with, you know, a Pentecostal church. And it always blows me away because if we were sitting there having a, if, they, if Mark Driscoll was in the room, you know, and we were still at Mars Hill, they'd probably like hate us. Uh-huh. But because like the music communicates it in such a different way and we're not trying to, we don't have an agenda in mind as far as theologically trying to get them to swing to some sort of doctrine that we believe like and i think for a lot of us it's that a lot of that's changed too we just want to be more focused on writing songs and and doing that with more people as opposed to just all the the people that all believe the same thing but actually being around people that think differently than us Mm -hmm. and that's really the whole thing that's where the kind of the union aspect comes into it because even the things out there that typically say union it's just sort of like all these people in this circle that all believe the, you know, the exact same thing, you know, we all wear polos and khaki shorts. That's who's in this group. That's the union. And I'm saying, no, it should be way more, way different than that. So inclusive. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that, I think it's kind of like you were just talking about with music. I think a lot of the, you'll always hear the stories of like, oh yeah, this big label just had a bunch of layoffs. And I think it's just because a lot of them are always building these walls, trying to protect what's theirs. Uh And whenever you do that, you tend to, you tend to lose out. I think we just live in the best time ever where yeah. things are kind of easy and you don't have to be that cutthroat and no. compete. You just don't. It doesn't seem, it never occurs to me that it's better to be competitive or jealous. Like mm-hmm. the more people work together, it just works better. Yeah. I mean, I know that's like, 
you know, lucky that we live in a time that's we can do creative stuff for a living like music and work, yeah. you know, but it it just it seems like that's the the way to go to me. It's just not that really it's a, if if uh, the tide is in all the ships rise or something. Yeah. So I'm really glad you can make an income and, and take care of your family and you, you have all these that. musical projects. So mu- much importantly is Zach Bolin solo album, yeah, which man. we yeah. don't have a ton of time to talk about, but we'll let it speak for itself. So you've self-recorded, self-funded. You, you recorded with Luke, yep. our friend Luke, here in Seattle yep. with a bunch of other awesome musicians yep. that we know, and you self-funded that yep. and are going to put that out. Yep. And so we believe in it very much and are really glad that we get to take part in that and, and yep. release that for you. Um, and we really hope that it turns into part of your, you know, a good part of your income yeah, because we'll so. take a little ride on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like Toby I and I so, will man. get at least beer money. Yeah, this man. Thing, you know, if yeah. this thing plays I'll out, I'll take well. you guys out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it's already built into the the contract. Oh, it we're, is. We're oh, fine. Shoot. Okay. We're yeah. going to be taken care of if you succeed. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So I need. I'm hoping you do well I with hope that. So too, too because Jeez. I really, I really do. In all seriousness, love the music. It's like a singer songwriter or acousticy stuff is is what I've always rebelled against coming from where I came from. Yeah. Uh, what I call hootie culture in South Carolina. So I got to move to Seattle. <laughs> and do other isn't stuff, he like but... from South Carolina? Yeah, yeah that's okay. what I'm saying. That's what I grew up with: Dave Matthews, Birkenstocks, and hootie. Oh man! And I said yep, never a capo. I said never an acoustic guitar. And is here I am, and here I am, and I love your record. And that's hmm. not. I mean, I just I'm like whoa, this stuff can be really cool too. Because I think it's a cliche sometimes. The singer, I did this, and now I'm going to do just alt country folk. Yeah. Like to me, it seems like a cliche, but your album and the dynamics and all the depth and space on it just blow me away. They Thanks, really do. Man. And I think you do it really super well by yourself. So it's that uh, Dodge Ram. You know, we say t- Toby has a voice for a Chevy truck commercial, but you had the Dodge Ram. Is that's right? Toby's a Chevy voice, and Dude, you have a Dodge Ram voice. There we go, man. Did you really do a Dodge Ram commercial? I really did. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. You know. I don't think most people would have known that it was me, but you know, it was a national commercial. Mm-hmm. It was like a Northwest, Northwest Dodge, Dodge Ram. Ram commercial. So and during the call all the Seahawks what? games, it would be on. There and the call was for raspy voice, raspy voice singing about Washington being this wonderful, <laughs> beautiful place. I'm going to roam in my truck. That's so. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, I, I mean, let's. Uh, I'm. I love all the music you've had. I heard you play them live and a bunch of a bunch of ways. But let's let's try live. Let's Great. have let's have you do some a couple of songs here. Well, let's do one song here on the podcast, and then maybe we'll release the other songs. Cool on video and stuff live. Toby, you got anything else you want to say, to Zach, before we get to the music? I'm excited to hear this song, man. Okay, good. So, uh, what song you want to do? <laughs> It'd be first? awesome too, though, if all the songs you played today did have like a. Americana truck theme. Yeah. I'll work on that. <laughs> Next record. Licensing for days. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like you, we didn't realize it, but you were using this to boost your commercial. Yeah. <laughs> cred. Yeah, the next record is just an acronym for Dodge Ram. Yeah. And so, the song titles. It's just the Dodge Ram emblem. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but with my beard. And that's how we get away the with it. The beard helps. Yeah. Uh, this song's called I Will Let You Down. Okay. I, I like this song a lot because... Um, Part of the thing when I was at Mars Hill, I was a pastor uh-huh. and um, I got to know like so many, I was at a church with a bunch of college students. And so over the years they hook up and next thing you know, there's lots of weddings happening. So I got to be a part of those. And after Mars Hill, there's still a couple that, you know, they were looking to get married and asked if I would officiate their wedding. And so I'm 
preparing the, you know, the sermon and doing all this stuff. And I get to like the vows during the like actual ceremony. And I just like realized like, whoa, these vows are impossible to keep. You know, they're kind of like the traditional vows of, you know, basically like this promise of I'm never going to let you down. I'm always going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's going to change my mind about that. I just think that's not true. You know, that's not even love. You know, I think love is like the complete opposite. Love to me is knowing that like, you know, you're loved when no matter how many times you mess up that person that says they love you, it's not, it's, yeah. it doesn't change. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like giving love without expecting it to be reciprocated. Like, that's what I think love is. And I think that, you know, for me, I just looked at that in terms of my own marriage and it's like, man, it is crazy. Like when I really think about all the times I've let down my wife and she doesn't have to tell me she loves me for me to know that she loves me because she continues to show that and her support. And it's the same thing, you know, like she's let me down times. And, you know, I think that's like such a special thing about relationships that to me is missing so much. Like everybody tends to want something out of a relationship. I think this is like, you know, I think the the sweetest relationships are the ones where you are giving, um, you're loving them or you're giving something to them without expecting them, without needing them to give that back to you. Yeah. Right? I mean, we need that, but I don't think that we should give it for that reason. So you would, you would do like at a wedding, you'd say, uh, Isaac will give it a shot. Yeah. It would be better. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'm going to let you down. Will you still love me? Right. That is not so bad. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. You know, I, I'm just, I mean, I know it sounds downer and it's a yeah. wedding and all, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I kind of like, I mean, that's why I like the singer songwriter category because I'm not trying to be like a pop dude. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, I just want to like tell stories. I want to sing about, you know, things in my life and some people will care and some people won't. All right. Well, tell us and the story so then. This will be that story. All right. Check, if you want to check your tune in, feel free. No hurry, but whenever you're ready. Is it volume? Uh, yep. I'm all good. Just make sure you're comfortable. No, no rush here. I'm good. I was still a white-eyed boy Drowning in a dream Stuck inside a distant world So afraid to become The very thing I feared the most Funny how it works There's some things you can't avoid at all No matter what I do I will let you down I will let you down But still I'm gonna give everything that I have to you Let me show you how Let me show you
when I let you down Still I'm gonna fight hard to give you the best of me Let me show you how Let me show you That was good. It's a tense thing, man. You get so quiet on that guitar. Like, it's so quiet that I feel like if, like, what if I farted? Yeah, I <laughs> what what if I farted? I know. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, I love that dynamic that you're able to get out of that. And really, I think it's like the new way, as opposed to the biggest, most epic thing. Mm. I think the thing now with the way music has gone to like its extreme in some yeah. way is to, it, how tight, how small can you pull somebody oh, in? And you do that super well. So Thank that was you. awesome. Thank so, you, man. Thank you for doing this today, Zach. Well, yeah. Your yeah. album. Let's give us some album details. Album. Album's coming. It's called 1001. Mm-hmm. It's nine tracks. Um, we've got a couple out so far um, that you can go and listen to. You can pre-order the record right now. ZachBolin.com. ZachBolin.com uh, with an H. Z-A-C-H-B-O-L-E-N.com. You can pre-order that. We have vinyl up on there, some other stuff. And then over the past couple, you know, weeks we've been releasing these live um videos of me kind of playing the songs mm-hmm. in the truck um which those are pretty fun pretty fun to do cameron actually you can't see him behind camera but he, he he filmed all those so that's pretty cool um and so doing that record's gonna come out in late may late may yeah we're early still kind of it'll be close to yeah that. we're, we're not still 100 trying to sure land on vinyls coming Vinyl, all yep, that yeah so you know zach's trying to cobble together a uh career here out of doing music, which he is clearly should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I ask everybody, if somebody has talent like you or like Toby, I believe they should be using it as much as possible. So I, I ask people directly to that. I think they should pre-order your album uh, because you'll love the album and it's going to something. I mean, you're directly supporting you and it's going to pay your mortgage here in Seattle and you got four kids. So, yeah. I mean, I know that's like a, an appeal, but I, I, legitimately, I think yeah, there's no, absolutely. you shouldn't have to go be a barista. Not you shouldn't, like you don't deserve it, but I don't want to see you become a barista mm-hmm. or a server. I would mm-hmm. like to see you do that. So yeah. 
I hope everybody will, will jump in and pre-order this album. It'd be, yeah, it'll be man. awesome. Thanks, dude. And in fact, the song I just played is on that pre-order. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the only way to get it right now. So that's right more incentive. So you get stuff immediately if you go pre-order. Yeah, you right get now, a couple yeah. songs. All so, right. But thanks, man. Well, Zach, it. thanks for stopping by in studio live. Appreciate yeah. it. Dude, it's good to be here. And Toby, it's kind of good to see you on the screen there. Yeah, I know. Good to see you too, man. Okay, I'll well, be, last thing. I'll be in uh, Seattle in a, at the end of this month, so maybe we can hang out. Yeah, we need to. I'm sorry. I meant to say this earlier, but let's let people off the hook, the people that couldn't figure it out. W- w- you were playing along with Joey on the interview video, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People apparently. haven't been able to figure that out. Oh, man. People, there was a big uproar over that, man. <laughs> people thought that I had. Like I, you weren't in on it. They thought that I was just getting just ripped apart, yeah. and they felt sorry for me. I think maybe it's my beard just covers what a lot did, of emotion. What did Joey tell you before that? Like, play along, I'll just be a jerk, or what did he, he say? He kind of just said, I'm going to just go along with it. I'm going to talk about Mars Hill. You're okay with that, right? And I'm like, okay, sure. And then he just went He went a little bit further than I well, thought. Well, you sold it so good that people thought yeah, like you were really upset or something like that. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. People should I mean, know besides that singing, record. you might have a career in acting because you yeah, sold it unbelievably well. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I I want him to refine that character and do it because I I told you a minute ago, I find Joey way better and more funny when he's playing somebody other than Joey. (laughs) I really do. I thought he was free. (laughs) He could say whatever he wanted to. I love it because he's not worried about being nice. He was trying to be a jerk, and therefore he was free to be whatever he wanted to be. I I love the character. I love a hilarious jerk. (laughs) And he's a weirdo. But thank you, Zach. We appreciate it. Totally. All right. Thanks. And we're back. Well, we just had another guest. I guess we're not really back. All right, another killer, 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 killer interview. <laughs> Loved it. I do feel weird sometimes asking people harder questions when we invite them on to our podcast, but I think we should. It's kind of like, hey, welcome to our house. Now we're gonna grill you. Well, you but like on the other thought. hand, couldn't it? Couldn't we have it at least go bad? We've never had it go bad once, which should You're tell right. you something. And I'm just as guilty as you guys are. But We're too nice. Theoretically, you should. Oh yeah, we've done a hundred and something interviews. Two of them went bad, and one of them, the guy hung, actually mid-interview hung up. <laughs> that if, if that was the <laughs> report awesome. I gave you, would we be able to air a mid-interview hang up? Yes. Now there has been a couple of yes, interviews where people are like, "Hey, ed- edit that." I mean, yeah. we've definitely had, but we haven't several had a personal problem where they quit. Edit. And if I told you we've done 150 but. interviews and two of them have ended badly, you wouldn't. If I told you that before we started, after we do 150 interviews, a couple of them went south, you wouldn't say that was bad. You'd say, "Yeah, I would expect that," wouldn't you? Yeah. So that means something. But yes, I Joe, think we, overall, we, though, I'm, I believe we are free to whatever we wanted to um, air it. Like if they under, all, the, I think the only rules would be if they have to agree to coming on in the first place, understand that we're recording and that we are going to air it. If they later right. ask us not to, I don't think. As long as they knew coming in that we were going to record, I believe we could air it regardless. Not that we would, but I think we could. I think that's how that how it works on that. I, you totally lost me. I quit listening and just started playing uh, Candy Crush. Candy Crush over there. Okay. All right. So, with that boring us out, we need something to pick us up. Enjoy. I can share some scripture. We, you want me to ask kind of some small group type questions? No. Could you share this some scripture? Uh, Matt, kick the music. The scripture music? Uh, no, the, the, the damn news. Oh, okay. Music. The damn news. The, music. Oh, okay. the, the truth, but the scripture is the truth. So, okay. it might be nice for you to read some scripture. Okay. I mean, from memory, though, because you're a pastor. If you have to read it from your phone, I don't know if you should go back. I mean, I've got scriptures in my head, but I want to I wanna dig deep. In a world where 
your friend who is kind of not a pastor right now because he's on sabbatical, but is still kind of a pastor, and he cannot remember one scripture from the Bible. My name is Toby Morrell, and this is the damned news. Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own. For how long? And loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtor suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them because you've plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you. For the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities and all who dwell in Mm. them. Woe Mm. to him who gets evil Mm. gain for his Mm. house to set his nest on high, Mm. to be safe from the reach of harm. Now this will preach. Man, I'm preaching. Mm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You Mm. have forfeited your... I just figured he'll do this I don't know how long, long you're going to let yeah, me go. Just waiting is, we're going to have to cut you off. It, I tell you what, though, that really speaks to the season that I'm in right now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, totally to me. I know. Yeah, I know. Last For those week, of you that want to know, that's Habakkuk, too. Right. And uh, I, I I tell you, Joey. Habakkuk? Yeah. Habakkuk? Matt, last week, Habakkuk. I, I was going through Habakkuk. <laughs> last week, I was going through a rough time, and Joey said, uh, then, then went Samson to Gaza and saw there and harlot and went into unto her, went in unto her. And I just thought, and that was Judges 16. I just thought, man, I needed that. You know what I mean? Like it's something that something. it just, I mean, and Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, now, Joey, can you give me three applicatory sentences for that for my life? Well, sure. I mean, you really have to think through before you go into someone. Go unto in unto them. <laughs> so they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. This dude exhibitionism laid women man. just on top of a roof. That's biblical. <laughs> so I got a roof. I believe in the gospel. <laughs> Toby went into many women uh, into, in and unto him on the roof of his house in Charleston in front of all. Toby was of, on Morning uh, Dove county. Lane. <laughs> on Morning Dove Lane, Toby went unto her on his roof. In front of in the sight of and all. And the trampoline. <laughs> on the trampoline, he went in unto her. I'm just saying, I mean, th- these scriptures speak to people, right? Yeah. So shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptian prisoners and the Ethiopian captives, young and old, naked and barefoot, even with their buttocks uncovered to the shame of Egypt. You know what that means to me? Get your finances in order. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what Toby Googled to pull up those scriptures is what I want to know. Gross Bible verses. (laughs) (laughs) This is so awesome. Remember remember that time when uh, you were having a hard time just in, um, you know, I don't know. Your walk wasn't going well. Sure. You felt like you were struggling with your quiet times and everything. You just sat with me and I said, hey, let me share this. Okay. I remember this, I think. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter <laughs> brought up in your father's family since she is your sister. Oh, yeah. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister for she is mm. your damn mother's relative. Mm. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. Mm. That is, that's the one you need to hear. Your father's brother, right? That is, you shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. 
good Lord. And and you you said that you just felt like something clothed you. Yeah, I felt clothed in his <laughs> in his in his grace. I mean, after all the times I said nakedness, you felt clothed with peace. I, I'm gonna tell you something. I hope she doesn't mind. Jess uh, kind of had a rough day at work last right. week. And I was just feeling kind of down. I said, uh, I looked at her and I said, you need some scripture. And I said, thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins, which feed among the lilies. And she perked right up. And, what, and what she perked? was, she was, and then she looks at me and recites scripture like she's known it her whole life. She says, I am a wall and my breasts are like towers. Then I, I was, I in his eyes as one that found favor. And I want to tell you what, we went to small group towers, you know, was you know, small group just between the two of you. Yeah, it was y'all's own little small group. And we told that we read those scriptures to our small group and they <laughs> acted funny. Like, so I was like, this is the Bible. What are y'all acting weird for? Was your small group your kids? Yes. They, Toby's wife is known in their small group as Tower Titty Jessica. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is what happens when we try to record four known bad Christian Bridget episodes. Bridget, in unto her. <laughs> Uh, the worst part was until Joey had really hammered those scriptures into me. I, you, I can't tell you how many times I uncovered my aunt's nakedness. Just oh, <laughs> unlimited times until I until I found those scriptures. Next time I do counseling, I'm gonna say, <laughs> um, guys, uh, I know this could be sensitive. How many times do you go into her in, <laughs> in unto her? <laughs> you know, you know, you ask about people's sex. Like, hey, is your sex life okay? Or do y'all go? Do you go into her? Wouldn't that be, I mean, that would just be a nightmare. I would, I would be fired immediately. Bible is cool, man. Bible is cool, boy. It lights me up. I'm telling you. All right. To the news, my friends, to the news. Matt, Joey, this won't interest you, but I hope you hang with us. Just hang Matt, with us. We'll do one or this two could, This could interest you, and I don't even know what I'm reading here. This comes from secondnexus.com. Okay. Did the LHC just break the standard model of particle physics? <laughs> <laughs> You're about to bore, oh. bore yourself, but go ahead. Oh, boy. Until recently, all particle physics measurements fit the predictions of the standard model, a widely accepted framework work describing subatomic particles and how they interact. Scientists at CERN's or CERN's Large Hadron Collider, I got that right this time, the world's largest and strongest part particle collider, study subatomic particles by smashing them together. Over the past few months, researchers at the LHC have taken a step toward proving that at least one process may not follow the rules of the standard model because the standard model is a scientific cornerstone of how we view our world, describing the building blocks of matter and how they fit together. Mm -hmm. Any proven digression from its predictions would be mon monumental. One of the most important fa facets of the standard model is its classification of subatomic particles. One su such particle, slightly smaller than a proton, but several levels larger than the smallest known particles, is called a B-meson. Uh, in 2011 and 2012, scientists at the LHC observed the B-meson decay in which a B-meson is broken into several smaller particles, including tau leptons and muons, a component of the standard model called leptin universality, uh, <laughs> dictates that these two Doing elementary good. particles should be produced at the same rate, and uh, leptin universality is important, according to the UMD team. Uh, leptin universality, universality, I don't know, is truly enshrined in the standard model. If the 
If this is broken, we can say that we have found evidence for a non-standard physics. Okay, and it goes on and on. There's bunches of pages here. I'm losing my brain even reading it. But I kept reading, and another article also was talking about this really means a lot to the foundation of what we believe physics is. Is that right, Matt? Can you put any of this into context and help me out here, buddy? Well, or no, I'm not going to talk. I'm, I'll be brief on lepton universality. Okay. For the sake of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the, so what is interesting about it is like everything, and this is where I think people or Christians get it wrong a lot of times. We think of si- science as a, this, this brings into focus the idea that we, as scientists, enjoy figuring out what we have. We, not, right. not me. Humanity and understanding science enjoys and moves forward when we prove that the model we were using was previously wrong or better right. than wrong, we could say incomplete. So you would probably say the standard model is incomplete, just like in classical physics was right. It predicted stuff. It worked. And then relativity showed that it was incomplete at very high sure. velocities and under extreme gravity. Uh classical physics does not hold up or at least is altered and then relativity sums that up and it likewise will be incomplete you would say the same thing possibly about evolution the standard model is you know Bohr's model I think is what that's called where you have the you know the typical thing you learn where we you know starting with just protons neutrons and stuff so obviously they didn't know quarks existed or the subatomic particles and then sure. you get farther and farther into it and that stuff's going to become uh i guess in quantum stuff and everything else it's going to become more ambiguous and those models aren't going to hold up so you'll have to get better descriptions of that so instead of thinking of everybody being kind of hoots and uh, trying to prove science is right or whatever it's really about proving that it's wrong that you can you know, continue to move forward kind of thing or that it's incomplete. Right. Well, this is the next article that went along with it. It says the two most dangerous numbers in the universe are threatening the end of physics. And it says there's a deeply disturbing and controversial line of thinking that has emerged with the, in the physics communities thinking that it's the idea that we are reaching the absolute limit of what we can understand about the world around us Mm -hmm. through science. And it says, Mm -hmm. because, and part of it is because, um, the CERN, the CERN, has announced that the LHC experiment had revealed the existence of two new baryon subatomic particles that go along with it. And the numbers, he said, the dangerous two numbers are, one is that the strength of the Higgs field, um, that actually is something dangerous. And then <laughs> the dangerous thing is the strength of dark energy. Both of those should be stronger. They can be way stronger. Like, it's really crazy. Like, I won't read this whole article because I know people, some people like Joey are probably just losing their minds. I think this stuff's interesting. I wish I was smarter so I could understand it. But basically what I didn't understand was the Higgs field um, should be or could be stronger, and so could the strength of dark energy, like way more. And if any of them went more, it's like they're operating at like a quarter of their strength or something like that. It's really crazy. And so those things, maybe they could turn on and we'd all be gone or something like that. Like they don't know. Like it's 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 just it's really interesting that – we're at a time where science goes, wait, this is as far as we can go. We're not going to be able to go anymore. Maybe, maybe it's even a thing where science uh, will stop for a little while with certain things because they can't, because they can't keep going. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just like shut it down for a little while. Well, let me say one more thing about science that is kind of irritating sometimes is, you know, I don't like it a lot of times the way people use science is like a, 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 a cutesy internet thing. And when people say, because science, you know that? When people say right. something, say because science, sure. that kind of irritates me a little bit because science is really just a, a useful, pragmatic thing for us to observe and learn things. It doesn't 
science is is not what causes right. things. Right. No, that's a good point. It's just it's the study. It's the observing. Yeah. So it's not like I mean, if you say, oh, hydrogen atoms fuse in the sun and that produces heat and light because science. Right. That's not. That's not really. That's a, sure. or, or something cool that happens with a bug in the Amazon where they digest this or that because science. I don't really like that because science is just a vehicle that we use to make stuff, make predictions, improve things. It's a tool. It's not a religion. It's not a thing. It's not even really a cause for stuff. It's a very useful tool for understanding, observing, and making predictions. So sure. So, so science could stop if we just didn't try learning new things, but that's all we're doing. We're not, there's not, you know, and there's plenty of barriers of stuff that science doesn't apply to. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have, isn't natural. doesn't have natural causes. It doesn't work. It doesn't function. It doesn't mean it wasn't designed. doesn't mean any of those things. So, sure. you know, well, Toby, let me explain something to you. I know we you might need fields other than science that maybe haven't, don't even exist yet. There was a time when modern science didn't exist. There was a time when history officially didn't exist. Prehistory, you ever heard prehistoric? That means before we history. We may need philosophy so, at some point. No, I'm just saying there could be a word it. and a whole discipline of dealing with the universe of things that doesn't even exist yet, that's not science, that might yeah. even be better than science, in which case we yeah. go, cool. Well, that's so, a very scientific right. thing that you just said. Let me let me say, so let me explain something to you. Okay, buddy. You keep saying stuff like, I don't like science. Here, Here's, here's <laughs> the thing. All right, there's some people... Let me let me make an analogy for you. Right. There's some people that don't like music. Okay. All right. There's some people that don't like science. Sure. There's some people that like music. Right. But they listen to the radio, man. They want that surfacey stuff because it sounds good. And they just that's what they right. want. They don't want to dig deeper and, right. and, and be mm-hmm. patient with like sure. clarity. You know, Jimmy right. World and right. really give it time to I when it comes to science, yeah. I'm mainstream radio pop listener. I like, I like it. The analogy, it's interesting. Joey. But once I get to a deeper indie rock level, nah, too, I don't, I, I, so I Joey, like the what surfacey is your, stuff. So you're, yeah, so that's, you're like just Miley Cyrus for science, science right? Science is very intriguing to me. You throw all these crazy numbers, periodic charts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I know what a mass number is. I know how many protons and neutrons and all that stuff. Yeah, um, Joey likes it like when I'm a bunch <laughs> of magnets all come together and stick together oh, or hell like yeah, a, I love that. you set an iron ball uh, super hot and let it melt through like you know a record <laughs> what degree of tech music like how deep or intense of music do you like science at toby if he likes miley cyrus level science you go a little I'm, bit more indie than that a little bit more in depth a little oh more, yeah I, I, where do you go? I think i'm i think i'm all the way <laughs> what do you mean all, so uh, i try to read science stuff all the time and then I give up because I can't understand it. But I literally say, you're like right, kid. Anytime rock. I see science stuff on Facebook, if somebody posts a link to something, I will read it. But what's the musical equivalent? That's like being into Mumford. No, 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 no. It's, it's like way more than that. It's what? like, it's like, uh, oh man, did you get the new uh, seven inch Narwhal? The third, <laughs> the third song on the B side is unbelievable. That's where I'm at. That's where you're at. <laughs> I was I gonna that say band. that I'm right in the just you know Led Zeppelin and Rush territory. Certainly not into real mathy or the technical, like the real scientists, whatever. But I, I can get down all the way with some Rush. That's how deep I could go in science. I wish I could understand it more. I want to. I try. <laughs> Matt gave me like a uh, physics for dummies book that I've had beside <laughs> my bed for two years, at least, maybe longer than that. And I try to read a little bit every once in a while. And I just, I think you make I'm a habit. Stupid. You make a habit of that. You see the cover of a book and you get the general gist of it. And you're like, that sounds interesting. Can I borrow that? Because you borrowed a right. uh, historical depiction of like, 
nude women. <laughs> I didn't know why you had that in your office, but I was like, this looks interesting. I'd like to learn more. Now, history, that's that's what I just that's what I love. Now, if I had time to just dig into history, books we know all the that time, I would. I yeah, love we it. know that you like history, your, your favorite own period history of history from 20 years ago. No, 10 and 20 years if somebody ago. had written about your life from get a 20 PhD years ago, you would, it would, I'm you would, writing it. <laughs> that's true. It tell, that's if you true. could get a PhD in 2000 to 2005, <laughs> to, from 95 to 2002, Winthrop University, if that was an offered PhD, then you would get it, my friend. In fact, I, saw, I realized something the other day. This guy, all he cares about is memories and photos, right? So he has all those right. photos, all this stuff written down, all this stuff from that time period, and he loves to think and talk about it. Well, guess right. what a genius this bald son of a bitch is that he now records two 90-minute time capsules a week that he's going to have for the rest of his life. <laughs> he has cracked it. He has said for the rest yeah, of his life, he's waiting for the big true. payoff 10 years from now where he could just listen to these suckers over that and over That is again. hilarious. Genius so move, I'm, Joey. I'm going to be 67 years old. And Joey's going to come over. He's like, episode hey, 142. Remember this? I was listening to episode 142. It's so funny. You it's remember not photos. He gets to relive hanging out You're with right. his friends on the decade, every de- you know, decade for the rest of his life. I gave, cool. I gave up on trying to keep up with our podcast. I used to like to listen to it for evaluation purposes. And there's times when we would say something and it really got me tickled. I was like, <laughs> man, that's funny. I, I, I can't keep up. I still listen pretty regularly. Yeah. And when I'm at the gym, I'll try and go through and listen to what, you know, anything we can improve and make better. But I'm glad that you don't like, do that at all anymore. A huge LOL <laughs> moment for me was when you were talking about how, uh, the, you said, do you think, that Joey's dad goes into the workplace and says, listen to what Joey, that son of a bitch took his balls out again. (laughs) What the hell was that shit? That was funny. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.